That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast re-watching and discussing Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, 60 seconds at a time. A big minute in the books with 83, we have now arrived at minute 84, which is going to be, well, let's not bandy about with an introduction to this one, Stephen, because what's in it is fairly direct, and I will just say, look at that horse please don't do this this is so important don't touch me please sorry she wouldn't leave i didn't tell you the truth we return to kahina ziri on a gotham city bus we overhear that that transfers are available for kane avenue which is a nice touch to bob kane there yeah before she leaves the bus to go back to her home, um, she freezes in her tracks because she sees the return of one of our one of our podcast faves, Paul Miles Jackson, as poet. Uh, no lotto scratch card this time, and I guess this is early enough in the day that he is sitting outside on his stool rather than inside the building on his stool. But he is having a conversation with, well, a familiar man in Anatoly Kanayazev otherwise known as KG Beast, who Kahina instantly recognizes. I would love to know what that conversation is. I, right? <laughs> like, to hear what poet is spinning there? Yeah, like, is it, are they having, like, is it, how, is it casual or is it another, like, or is, is uh, Anatoly, like, what did I get myself into? Because it's another, like, he's angry and he's hunting. And he's like, what, can I, what are you doing? <laughs> we don't know explicitly whether she recognizes KG Beast, or she recognizes that why, what other reason would there be for this vehicle and these men to be parked outside her apartment? Although piecing together what is going to be revealed, I think either is totally plausible. Yeah, I imagine she knows just because if she's been working, um, well, I guess as we will... (laughs) As working. we will find out, she's and, been consulting um, with Lex Luthor. Yeah, that uh, he would be he, he would be interfacing with her via Anatoly. Yep. So that makes complete sense. I will say I love the the cinematography of this scene is very different than a lot of what we've been seeing. Yeah. With the handheld cam, gives a, a sort of a big sense of like unease and uh, and the way it follows her to the to the door and then it pans around, and you kind of get a a POV shot of kind of watching Kanayazev through as the bus takes off. And then it rests square on her as you see him go by in the background. I don't know. It's just a great sequence of like camera movement that it's like really immersive, but also kind of gives you that sense of like, you can hear her or feel her heart like beating in the movement of the camera. Oh yeah. And the way that she like leaves the frame. Yeah. And then comes back into it just through the camera movement. I do want to point out, if you are watching this, I always got the impression or the sense, I guess my eye was seeing more than my brain was registering, but watching this frame by frame, you do see a single frame of KG Beast, Callan Mulvey, turning his head towards the bus as it's he's obstructed, and then another brief glimpse of a single frame of him pretty much looking towards the bus. So... I guess if if anyone had thought like it seemed a weird thing that a bus would show up and he wouldn't even turn his head, 
I would argue that the movie supports that he does, and that if he did, knowing who he is, he probably clocked her on yeah. that bus, and she thought she was free and clear. But I would say from this shot, I think that she might um, her her you know trials with public transportation might not be over. Right. Well, and and for him, a little spoiler alert for I guess your spoiler is a bit way bigger than mine. Um, he is not. <laughs> um, he is not uh, a stranger to head turning. Subtle head turns. So, yeah. yes, yeah. I would not put it past him to to do a head turn in this moment either. Speaking of heads, <laughs> Kahina hunkers down, and we we get her realizing that it's time for her to reveal the actual truth that she is probably going to be silenced in in giving up. She heads straight for the offices of Senator June Finch, revealed in her voice wafting in from the other room where we see June now sitting directly at her desk in front of a gleaming gold bust of a horse head. I have never spotted this one before. <laughs> have you seen this one before? I, if I have, I never registered. I don't know how, how many of these we've found that weren't called out before, and maybe we're late to the game on this one also, but I feel like we've come across, kind of just by the nature of what we're doing, a few that I don't remember being called out frequently before and this one of all of them is possibly the most <laughs> foreboding and immediately when you know what's going on and you spot this head you know exactly what it's saying yeah and it's uh i mean as anyone as any cinephile would know um a horse head is uh is a bad omen <laughs> as uh uh there's actually a couple different possible references i mean the one that i, th I assume comes to most people's head <laughs> is uh Godfather. Uh, that feels like such a Lex Luthor move also. <laughs> yes. Yeah, correct. So, um, and I think even the, the sheets in that shot are, are golden, aren't they? Uh, regardless, just the nature of, of showing her with a horse head is such a, it, it, it's foreboding. But then also another, um, another reference is in um, Emily Dickinson's Because I Could Not Stop for Death. I'll spare you the entire poem because as... As anyone that knows her poems know, they can be fairly depressing, but I think the title gives a lot of the, the nature of it away. But the last, the very last verse is, Since then to centuries and yet feels shorter than the day, I first surmised the horse's heads were towards eternity. Basically saying that the horse's heads were, were taking her to her death. In the context, talking about like horse's heads, like Anna, she's seeing them like carry her stagecoach or whatever she's on but yeah another horse's heads related to to death and it's a you know obviously horses it's not a not an uncommon sort of metaphor for that so so yeah it, obviously we know that june and and a variety of other people that are kind of caught up in all of this don't uh, don't have long for this world and so very very foreboding yeah i think in this one she even like lifts her head and turns so that her profile matches the horses <laughs> yeah um, the fact that it is gold is, is kind of attributing that – well, it's, it's attributing all of the good purity to June that we know is there, but it's also there in kind of a martyr. It's, it's, um, it's tough, but we get that for a moment flanked by awards that she's re received just in case we have any doubt of what she is actually after. And if there was any lingering doubt about what is most important to her, she walks into the room – Everyone stops and Kahina says, I didn't tell you the truth. Yeah. Minute end. As as soon as the word is out. Yeah. Um, and once again the word truth. And that's something you know, what is uh what is Finch seeking is the truth. 
Yeah, I mean, perfect, perfect place to end it, especially in the context of the last minute. I'm glad the head was there because if it wasn't, we would have spent like another 10 minutes trying to talk about the bus. Yeah, yeah. Or June's office. Well, it's so it's so efficient. <laughs> but yeah, but that the horse head is, is glorious. There's also a um, there's a photograph of her, I think, with Hillary Clinton. Yep, I, I thought so too. I tried to look it up to see. I was like, I wonder if that's actually a picture of Holly Hunter and Hillary Clinton because I think Holly Hunter may have campaigned for her, but um, I could not I could not find anything. We should also say I can't I can't let this minute go by without commenting on how absurdly shredded Holly Hunter is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and this is this is a shot that kind of accentuates both her guns and when she's walking that it looks like you could cut food on her back. <laughs> so she is um, prop props to to Ms. Hunter. Yeah, you know another thing you missed with the uh, uh, with the horse head being gold. Oh, go on. That's uh, Granny's peach tea. God. <laughs> well, on that note, minute eighty four comes to a close. We thank everyone again, excluding Stephen, for listening and giving us a reason to talk about this uh, this movie. Horses, more horses, all the horses you can stand. If you'd like to talk about horses, share the obnoxious presence that you somehow missed with us. You can do so on Twitter <laughs> uh, at BVS by the minute or on Facebook at Snyder Minute. Snyder Minute is going to encapsulate uh, all of the stuff that we're doing with BVS and Justice League, which you can support by going to patreon.com slash Snyder Minute and listen to our full review with Richard Citrone, Batman himself. As we said, notably absent from these movies or from these minutes. So what better time to do that? If you enjoy the show and would like to leave us a five-star review on iTunes so that more people find it, I will give bonus points if you include horse talk in that <laughs> review, which uh, coincidentally was the second title that we had in mind for this podcast. That is a true fact. That is a not joke fact. Uh, what's the Zack Snyder? That's a f- fact. You're going to have to bleep me out. <laughs> you think this movie is about Batman and Superman instead of horses? You're living in a f- dream world. <laughs> It's a horse movie with uh, Batman and Superman motifs. See, every time Batman and Superman pop up, you know they're referencing, they're examples of Horsemen of the Apocalypse, right? And that's how you know. 4X optical zoom, Snyder lens, photo printer, SD card. Look, Look at, at that, that horse. <laughs>